Oh yeah, that actually worked. Cool. All right, I wasn't <laughs> sure it would. Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of uh, That's Lunacy, a podcast where we talk about werewolf movies. And I had to haul on my headphones real quick because I realized that's the thing I forgot to do and it will make this whole process so much better. Everyone's got to have headphones on. We have to match. It's like our team uniform. Well, Josh isn't wearing a toque this time and he was like a couple of... I forgot the team uniform. Yeah, I'll grab my toque. So... There you go, Josh. There you go. We're starting this one off really strong. It's just like, welcome to the, like, I did a really cool intro, and then it's just like a minute of us joking about Dukes and headphones. It's great. This is exactly. <laughs> Hold on. We all have to get dressed. We couldn't have done this beforehand, because that would have been just too, <laughs> too easy to manage. Um, all right. There you go, Josh. Uh, okay, hey, everybody. Now, we're all in uniform now. I think we should start again. Just roll the, just roll the intro again. Uh and but, this time, this time, don't do any music. I have a secondary uh, pitch for for what our opening. Should okay, be. all right, here we go. Ready? Here's here's just okay. like uh, for anybody who's listening to this and not watching it on uh, on YouTube, uh, we are gonna play a video and Mike is gonna talk about it. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I'm horny like the wolf. Woo! <laughs> bats, bats, bats. What do you think? I think we're gonna go with the other one. All right. Well. Until we get a cease and desist letter. I don't know. I think they were both strong. I think I'm never going to stop strong. doing it. So. Until until we get uh until we get a cease and desist letter uh for the other <laughs> intro, <laughs> we're going to keep using this one. Uh, hey everybody and welcome this far in. It's a, it's been a couple minutes and we are uh in episode two of That's Lunacy, a werewolf movie podcast where we watch werewolf movies and talk about them in a hope to learn about how to make the best werewolf movie possible. And last week for episode one, we watched Wolf by Mike Nichols. It is a great, I like, I think it's a good film. I think it's a good film and we enjoyed it and there was a lot to take away from it. There was some bad stuff, sure. But overall, it was like a fun werewolf movie with Jack Nicholson doing a bunch of great stuff. This time we thought we'd go in a bit of a different direction. And Mike specifically asked me to, Help, like that if we could pick a movie that was bad yeah and, and you, you killed me you and, you and 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 i believe rose to the challenge you certainly did we watched I, full like, moon high i want to go back i want you to go back and listen to the first episode everything that i said about wolf that was not a hundred percent positive disregard it entirely <laughs> they gave us you, you want to start this episode you want to start this episode by apologizing to the last movie Yes, All right. I'm so sorry I said anything bad about Wolf. I, I I made fun of some stuff I shouldn't have. They did a wonderful job, an incredible service. What a watchable movie. And I did not know that that was going to be like the benchmark for what I wanted. Well, that that's it. That's that's where Full Moon High takes you. So uh, Full Moon High, what? Oh, man. So here's here's my backstory on full moon high because a lot of these movies i have like a kind of a pre-existing relationship with let's say so with full moon high is it's a movie that i caught a little bit of when i was a kid on like tv before there was like on demand so it was just like it came on for a second i was like oh this kind of has like a, a teen wolf thing to it and then like just because of whatever i wasn't able to just sit down and watch it so i was excited because i thought it was a movie like teen wolf and uh then there was just kind of like lore behind it. I would see it written about in other werewolf books and, and things and all kinds of stuff. And so like it kind of got hyped up a certain way in my head. I ended up uh, getting this shirt that I'm wearing right now 
from Local Boogeyman um, that has artwork inspired by the cover of Full Moon High. And then when Scream Factory, Shell Factory, released it on Blu-ray a couple years ago, I, like, jumped at it and got it. And that was the first time I actually watched it. And then I went, oh, my God, what have I done with my life, like, having this movie on some sort of, like, pedestal, <laughs> having not seen it, <laughs> not actually seen it. And then I watched it. It was, like, so much worse than I imagined it could be. It's not good. It's so weird. I to everything you just said, and all I can think is, why? Why did anyone write about this movie <laughs> and then it hype it up? Why did anyone make merchandise with featuring artwork inspired by this film? I am so mad that I think this is the finale of this podcast. I don't know that I can do another one. We we quit yesterday. We did officially quit. <laughs> the we guy the, the guys wrote me while they were watching the movie each, and like I think you guys were watching pretty much at the same time, and we're both like, "What have you done?" Like, no. Whereas with me, I I rewatched this movie this morning. Like we're recording at like noon, and I got up. It's the day after St. Patrick's Day. It is the 18th of March. I woke up hungover and sat down and instantly like put myself through this movie <laughs> and it's just been like way to start oh day. my god it can only go up from here though like that's the good thing is that my day can only get better after starting it with this movie one thing i do like about this movie is the beginning i um and i mean like literally like it comes up on black and then there's like you hear like kind of uh bestial like grunting and and snarling and it sounds uh it sounds like a a, a werewolf and it kind of gets you in that kind of headspace and then it cuts and it's like a high school football game and you're like oh it's like the duality of man and it's like, and then from there it just goes downhill <laughs> like as soon like the best part of this movie is the black screen at the top and then from there it just slowly starts not even that slowly starts like just getting worse and worse and worse oh man yeah at the off so the top it, it did surprise sound effect it was it was one good sound effect off, and what was weird was after that, all the other sound effects for werewolves were like they it was, it was like cat sounds. It sounded like a jaguar or something. Yeah, the jaguar in Transylvania really got him. But um, you know, of course, it, this movie came out in 1981, which is considered a benchmark year for werewolf film, like The Howling, American Werewolf in London, Wolfen. Like all these movies came out, and they were considered like. You know the new is the new cycle of the werewolf. It kicked off a pattern of werewolf movies and 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 monster movies that kind of like predominated the eighties. Um, and then, but this one also kind of right right in the pack. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that it came out in eighty one because, like, I was watching this and I kind of thought, what was what what else came out this year? Because was eighty like was what were people watching in eighty one? Because this uh, is remarkably bad yeah so porkies porkies came out in 81 yeah an american werewolf in london came out in 81 yeah and mel brooks's history of the world came out in 81 and i feel like it's it's like some producer somewhere said to a screenwriter hey you know i really like these like kind of mel brooks spoof movies and, and that werewolf movie's doing good over there can you throw in a little porkies and just like make that movie and someone said sure how long do i have and they said i'll give you 20 minutes yeah, <laughs> and this is what we got. This this is just and like about there, there's like such a weird like the thing that kills me about this movie is that on top of like all of just the like bad cringy jokes, there's a bunch of weird like like homophobic and 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 just weird rape culture-y kind of things within this movie that are just like really it's a lot to unpack. But then there's like this really like. Even beyond all that, there's just such a weird political 
theme through the movie where, I mean, it starts off during like the kind of the, the late fifties, early sixties, height of the cold war. And Ed McMahon is this like really intense, uh, military guy. He's a Colonel and he's like, you know, the whole thing is him going to Transylvania to get microfilm from communists. And it's like a whole thing. And even like the time lapse in the movie is, is told by like replacing pictures of the president. Like that's how they show you the passage of time between like the late fifties and and uh, early '80s when the movie's kind of timeline takes place and stuff and and like yeah there's just so much political shit, shit in this with like you know he retreats to, like you know after the infection from uh from you know the communist region kind of starts crashing through America and literally is in his house he retreats to his bomb shelter like there's a whole bunch of that stuff that if you want to try to be really academic and intellectual about this movie you could really get into but. This movie does not deserve that conversation. No, my God, no. I was really worried you were going to dive into that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's like, that's it. I kind of want to go over it. I also find it really weird uh, at that point, at the height of that, there's the uh, thing where he's in the bomb shelter and Ed McMahon is talking to the picture of Joe McCarthy. And he says something like Joe McCarthy, they could have listened to you back when they, back then when they had a chance. And I'm kind of like, did Ed McMahon forget that this part of the movie is supposed to be taking place in the fifties? Like (laughs) he's talking to Joe McCarthy as though Joe McCarthy was in fact 25 years prior to the movie. But, but at this point in the movie, it's supposed to be like contemporary. (laughs) It's just so weird, man. Like, it's just... And this movie also has... I don't know what that was. But this movie... like a train. This movie also has uh, the mash effect. It's a it's a thing that I refer to in, uh, in TV and movies from the 70s and 80s, um, which is a thing where stuff is supposed to be set in the 50s, but, it, but they didn't bother to, like, get anyone a haircut. Yeah. So like everybody is like looks and acts as though it's the seventies, but you're told it's the fifties through like music and stuff. What is going on with the sound here? It's so weird. Like I'm hearing like crazy. I think that's me. I'm by a window. Well, there you go, Josh. Um, (laughs) uh, It's just, yeah, like a big truck or something just went by. It's very intense. It's like, yeah, a big truck just went by. I was thinking, should I do this in a different part of the house? No, you should do it in the part of the house with the good light. But the sound might not be great. Yeah, the lighting's (laughs) more important for a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, anyway. Um, but what was, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Something about this movie. It probably doesn't well, matter. I, I, Josh, I'm glad you brought up the Mel Brooks thing because that was one of the notes that I had right away where it was like, let's do kind of like a young Frankenstein feel like a Mel Brooks style movie where it's just like joke, 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 except, uh, we're not funny and we're perverts. We've never made a movie before and you hate us. That's the yeah. we, zero charm. We're not going to have any charm in this thing. But we'll get Kenneth Mars, so you think it's Mel Brooks stuff. Um, I actually, one of my notes on this movie is straight up, um, what people in this movie find funny isn't funny. And I think that was from the point where all the football players were dancing around pretending to play violins because he seemed to have a head injury. There were too, too many times that a lot of people were singing like I'm thinking about specifically the end of the movie yeah. too, which was just like, it was like they were just taking a drill after having slowly drilled <laughs> into my brain for an hour and 31 minutes. Yeah. And then just turned the drill up to a thousand when they sang not one, but two songs. Yeah. 
And I mean, I got to say, uh, Bill Kirkenbauer, voice of an angel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was, was, a, was at the end of it. It was just like, well, you know, Bill's got Bill, Bill can really hit those high notes. He's got a great falsetto. Let, let's do a, a good night, sweetheart uh, uh, ripoff that's all about a full moon high school. Because that's, that's one of the things that, that really sticks out to me in this movie is that the school is called Full Moon High. And um, why? Like, <laughs> you know, like, this guy gets attacked by a werewolf. He, uh, he gets attacked by the werewolf. He, uh, you know, just before that, uh, a lady in Transylvania who we're kind of led to believe is like a gypsy it, um, tells him, you know, is a fortune teller, but she's like dressed really nice. And she's in a really fancy restaurant. Um, and then she tells him the whole, like, reading his palm stuff. Um, Josh is going for a walk uh, to try to get away from the window sound. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, trying to do all this stuff. And then, you know, like, there's there's some things where it's like, oh, maybe he was fated for this. And that's kind of. But, again, I think it's just, like, let's call it. But, like, there's no reason that the school needs to be called Full Moon High other than, like, you want to. It's the way they want to sell it. It's, so like, a werewolf movie set in a high school. And it's not even really that set in a high school. And nobody in it is in high school. Oh my god, that was the the first thing I wrote was God damn it because I also didn't realize it was the fifties right off the bat. Yeah, because of the hair. Yeah, so I was like, Jesus Christ, high school students in the eighties were old. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess like to some degree, it's um, to some degree, I like I assume that it, like that was a choice that was made, so that that passage of time. Of the 25 years, it's like everybody's playing the same character. So they cast Adam Adam Arkin. He plays Tony, and he is 25 years old. Uh, no. <laughs> he's actually 25 uh, when the movie was made. No. Uh, uh, he might he might have been 40, but he was actually 25. But he's supposed yeah, to be I playing, like, it. a high school student. Yeah. And so everybody else around him is already an adult because the, for the bulk of the movie – they are going to be themselves 25 years later when they're actually adults. And so, but it still just like really plays weird off the, off the top. And then after the very awkward, creepy shower scene, um, and I mean creepy and just like creepy for somebody to think that they needed that in the movie. Um, even though it did have some Bob Saget, it had shirtless it Bob, Saget. Bob Saget. It had shirtless Bob Saget. And who's not here for that? Um, but apparently me, I was not, <laughs> I was not there for it. I didn't, it disturbed me a lot. I lost sleep over shirtless Bob Saget. Um, <laughs> I didn't even notice so that that was smooth. Bob Saget. Oh man. It bought, yeah, it, it, it's, it's Bob Saget. It's weird. But then right after that happens, they go outside and, um, they get outside and then they just blare fifties music to make you go, Oh, it's the fifties. But other than that, there had been no context to it, and it was just so strange. And then um, what's really weird to me is that, like, yeah, like, the even the kids in high school, in the part of the movie that's high school, are older than, like, even some of the adults playing the adults in the latter part of the movie. Like, this is just, I went through and checked some ages just because I was really curious about this because it's, like, such a strange phenomenon in this movie because, like, the time passage does have a lot to it because the whole thing is, for this, for some reason, it werewolves don't age, and that's the whole thing. Um, but Adam Arkin was 25 years old when he made this movie, and he's supposed to be a high ageless high school student. Um, Joanne Nail, who plays Ricky, like, the, the high school girl in the latter part of the movie that's, like, his love interest. I don't know, I guess, love interest, um, was 34 years old. 
Uh, Roz Kelly, who played uh, Jane, his like love interest, and then his the sheriff's wife and still love interest thing, was 39 years old when they made this movie. And Bill Kirkenbauer, who plays the sheriff, was 28. <laughs> and so it's just like the ages of the actors are literally spreading like 15 years and they're all like it's just like I didn't even check on Jim J. Bullock but like it's like everybody's just like all over the place none of it makes sense to me like we spent last week like we spent an hour and a half going through Wolf and like had a lot of nice things and good things to say about Wolf I thought and a whole bunch of things and like I honestly like I feel like this week is just like this movie's bad (laughs) see you next time yeah I mean we could just end it there (laughs) It would have been so much better. Like one of the things you guys said yesterday in the in the chat thread was just like this movie is so long, and it's not. It just feels like it takes forever. I thought it was over I... four times, <laughs> and I admit I I was watching it, and I towards the end of it, I just turned up the playback speed of this. I'm like, oh, no, Did we're you... going to 125. This is Smart. not. I can't watch this at full speed any longer. I only have so much life in me, and I am not giving any more of it to this movie. Well, that's the one thing I will say. I will applaud this movie because it tells you what it is right off the bat. Because as soon as that really good sound effect that you liked, Mike, yeah. is over, there's like it goes right into. Hey, just so you know, we're the kind of movie where all your gay characters are going to be like pedophile rapists. So if you're not down for that, like we told you in, in 20 seconds in. Yeah. And uh, we don't let up once with no, our, like our you do overused not, tropes. You don't take the foot off the gas at all. There's also like the first dialogue in the movie is a really weird thing where I think it's the Jane character. As he's being, like, carried off the field, the Jane character says something like, I love your padding, and he says, that's not padding, with a question mark. And I'm like, was was that supposed to be a joke? Like, is that is that what, like, was that supposed to be funny? Is this the precedent we're setting to really start the movie off strong here? Was that, was that? What, yeah. Was like I just I just couldn't, like, it was just one of those things where, like, instantly I was like, oh, oh my God. And then it was just... It gets into the Ed McMahon thing and the whole like, you know, like, oh, that like, you know, sorry, you didn't have a mom. And he's like, oh, you mean that nice lady? He's like, no, that was the maid. And like makes the other joke about he was having an affair with the maid. And it's just it's it's so strange. So strange. Yeah, I did. did, So they they fit in what? Twelve hundred, fifteen hundred attempted jokes. Yeah. Did any get you? No, I don't think I actually laughed once. Okay. I, 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 you know, maybe I'm ashamed, but I'll admit that I laughed twice. You laughed twice? I laughed twice. Oh, Mike, I thought you were a comedian and had a sense of I, what was so actually funny. Part of it, and this probably wasn't on purpose because oh, okay. there are that a makes thousand sense. completely, completely insane cuts. Yeah. The second someone stops talking, they jump like two days into the future. They're like the cut in the beginning when he's talking to his dad and they're standing in the living room talking about the mom. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, you don't remember your mom. And then it cuts to them sitting halfway through dinner. And he says the next line of, but I'm going to make it up to you. Yeah. Like they in silence moved from the living room, made a full dinner, ate half of it, and then decided to jump in on that point. Yeah. But 
this insane cut, which was when he goes into the bomb shelter uh-huh. and he shoots uh-huh. and the bullet is ricocheting around and he is just dodging it. Yeah. And then like halfway through a dodge, it there is a super abrupt cut to just a coffin with an American flag over it. <laughs> that got me. That, I did laugh that's, at that. That's fair. That actually was, I like, yeah, that was actually good. I also... And again, it's one of those, like, I don't even know if it was intentional, but in the cut, there's the part where, like, after he's transformed into the werewolf, and Ricky is, like, shockingly cool with it, um, there's the part where, like, she's talking to him, and she's, like, rubbing his werewolf paw, and it's really weird, but she says something like, you know, like, we should probably keep seeing each other just so I can, like, help you control this, and then it smash cuts to him on a date with a 40-year-old woman. Yeah, <laughs> and that was that was I did find that funny of just like oh wait it's like later it's the next day like what is like what what is this I feel like that's what I could if I had more energy to to put into it I feel like a lot of my notes in this movie would just be what is this <laughs> but yeah I don't think that they, even the cast knew what kind of movie this was because it had a really uneven tone like there were times and I was writing down. Like, I don't know what I'm watching. Like, is this a spoof? Is this supposed to be like a Mel Brooks movie? Or is this supposed to be just like a straight comedy with a plot? And it bounced back and forth between those so often. And I feel like no one really delivered the lines. Like, it was that kind of like Mel Brooks spoof thing. With the one exception of the uh, the woman in Romania who's like reading his palm. And by the way, if you're going to say someone has the mark of the pentagram on his palm, can we get a shot of that? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. They showed us the palm. He did not have the mark. <laughs> and like at the end when, um, oh, like, but when you, I finally thought they were going to kind of pull that off, it was uh, when Alan Arkin, who like, God love him for being in his son's movie. But when he like, he falls after he's been shot and he like, his hand is outstretched and they track along his hand and the hand rolls open and there's just a peanut. Yeah, it was just kind of. Like, I was expect. Game? I was expecting it to be the pentagram on his palm, and it was just a peanut. But there was there was another part that actually did make me laugh that I forgot about, and it's at the very end. And I can't remember the actual wording of it, but it just cuts to Kenneth Mars, who plays uh, coach and then Principal Cleveland, and he says something along the lines of like, "Ah, Tony Walker, you were a, a great football player." And a passable wolf man. And like that actually <laughs> killed me. Like his delivery on that was it's like, and we'll never forget you, even though we might try. And like it was just like a weird little aside. And that actually got me. I did actually I I should I should amend it and apologize. I did actually laugh at that. I don't want us to come off as this is like, oh, this is like a podcast where we spend the whole time like, oh, this is the worst movie ever. This is stupid. Blah, 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 blah. Like this was really bad. But the one thing I will, or sorry, so I'm giving a credit for being open about what a bigot it is. Yeah. And so not trying to hide that. And two, I'll give Alan Arkin, he would, like I wrote down, Alan Arkin is a really good dad <laughs> doing this because you, this, you better get that man a Father's Day present every year. And it better be a good one yeah. because he came in and he tried. He, he, yeah. he doesn't just show up and just like not do a character and just kind of like say his lines and walk away. Like he gave a performance and it was as good as you were going to get in, in this movie. I don't think anyone was going to give us a better psych wolf psychiatrist than Alan Arkin gave us. Like he, <laughs> he really worked for it. Yeah. He chewed it up and really just like had fun with it. And it was just a level of um, a level of craftsmanship that you didn't really get elsewhere in the movie. Um, 
you know, and even like, and even Kenneth Mars, who who generally like, you know, was great in Young Frankenstein, um, as Inspector Kemp and stuff. Like, you know, he's generally like really good, and instead he's just playing this like, we want you to play the high school football coach slash principal who wants to fuck all your students, and then they bring in like Miss Montgomery, and they're like, we want you to play this very mousy teacher who's constantly just being run over by everybody in your life. But then one guy who's a werewolf is nice to you. And then you just like go completely like vampy seductress and try to fuck all your students. Um, they made, they made trying to fuck students in a high school by teachers, like a very common trope that they were just like, Oh yeah, but this just happens. Like nobody made any weirdness of the whole. And everybody was like shockingly, like almost as shockingly chill as Ricky was with like the BDSM stuff or just anybody when they see a werewolf, like (laughs) everybody was like really cool with a lot of stuff in this movie. Like that was the thing is just like in order for this movie to happen, a lot of people had to be really cool with a lot of things. Yeah. This was the same high school from the Van Halen uh, hot for teacher video. And they had they enforced the same rules and it it was just all right. It was the eighties. You could do what you want. Yeah. It was just like, everybody's like real cool with a lot of stuff. Uh, (laughs) Like even the part during the dance where like Miss Montgomery walks into the dance and she's like taking off her glasses and let down her ponytail and put on a red dress. So she's hot now. That's the thing that we've established. Um, But she's just like walks in and without any just like hint of secrecy, just like goes up to someone's like, where's this Tony kid? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then when she can't find him she's just like alright you're gonna do and like it was instantly that and then right after this is a thing I want to ask you guys was like was that a brick of marijuana cause it yeah. looked like a brick of marijuana and then I'm like I don't think you get marijuana in bricks like that it actually like it was definitely a brick of marijuana but have you ever bought frozen spinach at the grocery store they just give you that block of wilted spinach i'm like oh that's what it is if you yeah. just went to the store someone picked up a block of spinach and like that's it we're the we're a props department yeah. hey we're knocking it out of the park yeah the props department went to big goods got a bag of like frozen greens <laughs> like you know they're getting ready they're going to make some jigs after it's going to be great <laughs> oh man yeah there's just yeah, what that was one of the things was just like I have a couple what like in my notes it's just like back to back to back is is that a brick of weed? This girl is shockingly chill with BDSM. People are shockingly chill with werewolves. There are bad transitions in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> transitions were all really bad. It's just There's- it just seemed like a bunch of scenes. It like, wasn't yeah. any continuity of the story. It's like, here's a bunch of scenes that we thought would be funny, and we put them together for you. What do you think? And yeah. I'm kind of shocked anyone released this. This <laughs> This was, yeah, it was, I I mean, one of the other things with this one was like, there was a bunch of really weird, um, like there was a lot of ADR jokes. It's like, Ah. it's like where they went, okay, maybe this movie isn't as like, let's just devil's advocate. Maybe this movie isn't as funny as we think it is. So what we should do, we're going to bring Adam Arkin back. And we're going to get them to just say a bunch of things that also aren't funny. And then we're just going to pepper them in throughout the movie. And then that's going to be like, I don't like, there's just so many, just like mid transformation. He would just make like weird dog jokes and just like weird things. And it was clearly like his mouth wasn't moving. It was clearly just dropped in over the top of everything else. And it was just so very strange. See, my theory behind that is not that they didn't think it was funny enough, but that they were like, 
oh my god we left three seconds of silence in this area <laughs> that won't do yeah we have to run the camera right up until the second that someone finishes a thought so that we can cut away <laughs> we cannot have a silent cut well it's like it's it's the whole it's the reason i i, I sleep with the tv on you don't want to leave anybody alone with their thoughts in this in this thing because then you realize just how bad everything is <laughs> it's yeah. like if there's silence then i can have my own thing of just stepping back stepping back and going hang on now I'm not sure this movie's good. Yeah. If you were stuck in a mudslide yeah. that was dragging you to hell yeah. and it stopped for a second, you'd get out of the mudslide. And that yeah. is the same that's, reason that's... that they had to just continuously make this movie relentlessly for an hour and a half. <laughs> that's exactly that's the that that is the best description of this movie. Relentless. The line that got me the most, the one that hit me in my very heart and soul, was when he's standing over his dad's grave. And he says, you're lucky being able to die. And I was like, yes, <laughs> you are. I, only I could be so lucky right now. Uh, also, the, the, Krusty the Clown, I think the living would envy the dead. Yes, <laughs> yes. Those of us who have seen this, yes. I also found it really funny that, uh, like, at, at the, the, there was a whole bunch with that funeral. And I just had the note of, this is a weird funeral. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> The other, the thing where his friend gets so mad at him, he's like, your dad just accidentally, like, your dad just shot himself is what, you know, he went to a bomb shelter and he shot himself and now we're at his funeral. And you're distraught about this and um, you are going to quit high school and just, like, because you're, you know, like, it's it's that thing of, like, it's, 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 it's a big thing to go through. And, like, the I let's, let me just back up and say, in my version of this conversation, both people are somewhat reasonable. Sorry. That's the that's the premise you might have to buy into regarding the dialogue in this movie for a second. Um, should both people be considered reasonable? Here's here's the thing. That the guy's dad dies in a in a horrific accident. It is his fault. Not everybody knows this. Um, he knows he's a werewolf and he goes, you know what? I wanna I gotta get out of here. I gotta quit school. I gotta take off. I gotta I gotta whatever. And instead his buddy's like, you mean you're gonna leave before the big game? <laughs> and then almost gets into a, I think he grabs him at one point And like, I'm like, you are literally like the priest is still talking at this funeral and you are three <laughs> feet away from him. Uh, the priest and, is making weird noises yeah, over there. <laughs> yeah. The priest is, the priest is doing a bunch of weird stuff. Sure. But yeah, like the priest is making some weird noises. Things are happening. It's very strange. Um, everything in is very strange. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it seems like a weird point to get really mad about that. But then, 25 years later or however long 21 years I think is what he says um which is another note I have as to why I know it's exactly 21 years um is the that when he comes back and he like goes into the house to be like hey you shouldn't be in here like you know you're trespassing and he turns around and it's the guy like there's that big reveal that it's the same guy it's like his friend who told him off at the, at the at the graveside and um it's just like yeah, for how at like just how dreamy they make that moment and the reveal that like look, that was a wig the whole time. Are you guys shocked? <laughs> like, oh man, it's. Just, I want. Oh. I want to ask about um, something that I think we're going to talk about in with all of these movies. Yeah. And I was thinking about this because you just said the big reveal. So the reveal scene, like when the werewolf kind of realizes that they're a werewolf. I think uh -huh. this is going to be a scene in everyone. So in the last one, we all really liked 
the Jack Nicholson Wolf reveal where he's in the office, he's doing his editing. He like he realizes that he can hear things in other sides of the building. And I think we all kind of really liked that. Yeah, it was a really I feel great. Like this this movie had the same scene, but it was he just kind of wanders into the bathroom in Romania and he's he's like, Oh wow, I was eaten by a wolf, but I have no visible wounds on me. And then his dad's in the shower and comes yeah. out on him because that was weird. But what did we think about the whole reveal? I would have like I forgot about it until you just mentioned it. That's my that's it. my takeaway from that reveal. Is like it was such a non thing that like yeah until you mentioned that like I wouldn't have been able to pinpoint when in this movie that that moment happened. Like I kind of just went oh right and he cuts himself with the razor. Yeah. And then Ed McMahon jumps out of the shower and it was like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I. Uh... I guess that is the reveal scene. I did. I. I. I did think it was the, just the whole idea of oh, we saved a, a bundle on special effects makeup by never showing any blood. Yeah. Uh, or wounds of any kind. Just having him crawl through the streets while monologuing. Yeah. Uh, for so long until he gets to that bathroom, yeah. and then the the razor on the face really confused me. Where he's like, why? I'm going to cut myself to see if the cut goes away, but only just a little tiny bit. And then I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. I don't I don't want to do that. I'm not committing to this. Yeah. As someone who shaves with a safety razor, like the (laughs) razor blade in the, you know, the single razor blade kind, like you used in the movie, you would not do that. That would hurt so much. Yeah. It's, uh, and it doesn't even say like, oh, that hurts a bit. Like something like that. Okay, cut yeah. your nails a little close and make it bleed. Like there are options. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a it's another one of those things where it's just I think every scene in this movie is the same thing where there is a scene from a werewolf movie in a lot of the scenes of this movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there are werewolf tropes, like the discovering your transformation, the attack, the first kill, but they also cram in so much weird stuff into those scenes. Like yeah. the kid, the first, when he gets attacked is completely overshadowed by the fact that he is far more terrified of a violin. Yeah. Than he is of the werewolf. The werewolf sounds being Jaguar sounds like, and then going home, realizing you're a werewolf is like, Oh yeah. So that's a moment we see him looking at his scars that should be there but they're not Ooh, weird he's got oh my god the dad is shoving microfilm up his ass and he's surprising him from the shower and then he waddles off and then the first kill or the first like attacks when he goes on his spree is completely overshadowed by these weird the the newspaper clippings that imply that he's just running around biting people on the butt yeah and they call call him like the the nibbler nibbler or the nipper the (laughs) nipper there's like the, the the midnight nipper bothers New Yorkers. Yeah, it, it says at one point, werewolf annoys community. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great thing to think about when they first released the movie of that is, you know, what the theater was. That's yeah. the headline for the theater is werewolf annoying community. <laughs> yeah, that's like... The I best- think werewolf annoys community was a pretty good joke. It just landed so flat because it had followed all of the other things that had also fallen flat. Like you weren't going to win me back half an hour in 
yeah, with werewolf a noise community. But yeah, just the fact that like everything is just a mild inconvenience uh, in the movie with with the werewolfism. Uh, right down to like that's kind of the 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 punchline at the end too is like he just kind of like wakes up after he's been killed and it's just like yeah like nothing in this movie sticks you know like it's uh every like all the stakes are really low the werewolf just annoys people even when he's shot with a bunch of silver bullets um they they make an inflation joke oh, um you know like there's I almost threw up like it's just so so much so much just weirdness we, in in all these things and like yeah. I'm just yeah. We actually jumped over his the first attack because the first attack was the one on the plane. Yeah, which that may had... which was a super questionable scene in a yeah. lot of ways. Oh yeah. Um, but I wrote down at that point, it's like wow, like casting decision. This is the first time we're seeing black people in the movie. Yeah, and they're like the only two black people are terrorists. But then we jump ahead twenty years. Yeah, and now they're at like a derelict high school, and everyone's bad. And now there's black people as far as the eye can oh, see. Yeah. So I was like, you know, so this bad. is a product of its time, I guess. And I'm not forgiving it, but man, this is the kind of movie you hold up to be like, hey, re- remember problematic movies? This is example A. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh yeah, I like that's very much I think the case is like this is a oh, we're 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 talking just movies that like jokes that people thought were acceptable that just like aren't really like shouldn't have been. They were no, yeah. now they're they're just bad, you know. Um and it's just it's really it's it's just there's a lot uh of, you know, and and even like there's a lot of sexual assault jokes in this movie. Yeah. Um like a whole bunch, and it's just like one of those very uncomfortable things where it's like, okay, I get that. Forty years ago, when this movie was made, people were like, "We can make a joke of this," and it's just like you really, you really shouldn't. And now you watch it, and you're just like, you really shouldn't have. Um, yeah. And it's just a little bit, especially again with like all the stuff with like Miss Montgomery, the teacher, and um, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of stuff to just like, yeah, it, this like. I don't think that that the, the the picking apart that portion of this movie is the podcast we want this to be. <laughs> no, that would take too long. It would take just too to long. say they did a horrible, terrible job, and I hate them. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, like let's get back to the simpler things that are bad about this movie. I find it really weird that he keeps this like shitty satin school jacket on for twenty odd years. Like, everywhere he goes as he's, like, hiding out and on the run, he's wearing, like, a bright yellow full moon high school jacket. And as he's a werewolf who annoys communities, um, like, like it's never a thing of just, like, was there anything recognizable about this guy? It's like, well, he was Adam Arkin, and also he was wearing a bright yellow jacket with a full smiling full moon on the back of it. <laughs> It's like, did, 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 did he say anything that you remember? It's like, well, he growled a bunch, and then he bit my butt and said, ah, ah, rump roast, blah, blah, and ran away. <laughs> I, I hated those horse. jackets. Those were the jackets from a high school production of Grease. Those yeah. were so ugly. Yeah, like, they're not even, like, actual Letterman jackets that they would have, like, had in the 50s or whatever, but it was just, like... It it was it was just like this weird satin jacket. Like, if it was a nice Letterman jacket, I'd get hanging out of that. But no, this was, like... A, a shitty satin jacket that again yeah it's just like the low rent version of uh, like a low rent production of grease like it was just it was just bad um, so I, I have i have a question okay um one thing i was thinking through the entire movie 
is what is Josh going to cherry pick from this to put in our movie? <laughs> yes. Well, actually, I'm, I'm, I asked you guys the question about the reveal scene. And what I took away was, wow, Josh, you need to do a better reveal scene. Because in our werewolf movie right now, there is a scene where the werewolf is in a bathroom going, oh, no, like, where am I or realizing he has no wounds? And I was triggered. I said, oh, well, that's coming right out. And we're replacing it with something. Well, I don't know I mean, what I would take All we need to do is it, add another character bursting out of the shower with microfilm up their ass, right? Yeah. Just like... But thankfully, we don't have that yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, you know, and there's not even stuff that I'd be like, hey, Josh, we should, we should, we should, you know, do this. Like, yeah, like, I, there's nothing... There's no big takeaways that are positive from this movie, and I'm trying to find them. You know, like, I... Mm. I, I often say I love werewolf movies despite werewolf movies, and this is a good example of that. So, um, you know, so, um, I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still thinking what could be a good takeaway. Did you have this. one, Mike? So there, there was one. I, I did say there were two moments that I laughed in the movie. The first one was the jump cut to the coffin after the ricocheting bullet. Um, the other one is, so throughout this whole movie, the big thing that has to happen is the big game. He misses the first yeah. big game. He has another chance to have another big game, which might lift the curse. Maybe, I, I think. That's kind of what they're saying, yeah. But he And he doesn't have to win. He just has to score a touchdown, is what he's saying, by the end. But in the beginning, it really seems like he has to win the big game against Simpson. It says, beat Simpson on the school. He's like, there's still time. I can beat Simpson. I can save the school as a werewolf. And I was like, so this whole movie is leading up to this final big game. Everybody's there. Simpson is up 47 to nothing. And I'm like, all right, well, at some point, this werewolf is going to come in, join the team, redeem his reputation, beat Simpson. Yeah. That's what this whole movie has been leading up to. And the other reason that I laughed is because he hits the field as a werewolf and people react for the first time in the movie like he's a werewolf. So he hits the field and doesn't score a touchdown because he's good at football now because he's a wolf, but because everyone is scrambling away from him <laughs> yeah. screaming. Yeah. And I, I thought like the only thing that I actually really liked was that they actually treated him like a werewolf in the football scene. So it's him like running a touchdown and eating the ball and being a lunatic. Uh, but everybody is just scrambling out of the way and screaming and shooting at him and not paying attention to the game at all. Like they don't celebrate the touchdown. That is a, f yeah. Yeah. Which, and didn't feel it didn't hit home as an actual on purpose joke because it was so chaotic. And they did like 25 cutaways to people saying absolute doo doo nonsense on the sidelines. Yeah. But it you know that 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 was that was one thing that i think if if it had been handled right could have been like a really really funny moment yeah i think was so was anyone else disappointed that the werewolf lived sorry yes yeah yes yes <laughs> yeah i mean i i was i was kind of disappointed with a lot of things in this movie and that's one of them um <laughs> i was also disappointed that alan arkin died um cuz i really enjoyed like I really enjoyed, uh, I, I I really enjoyed that character. Honestly, like I thought as like a as a as a straight man that comes in in the third act, 
to just, you know, kind of, and it's, and it's blatantly just like, you know, we're going to bring this guy in. Um, he's going to be the, 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 the somewhat voice of reason, but still really weird in the movie. But like, you know, it's just, I love Alan Arkin in anything. He's just fantastic. And he was really fun. The scene where he's the scene on top of the building where he's talking there, he, there's the fire department trying to get a guy who's about to jump off the building and they both end up like wrestling with yeah. each other and falling off together. Sorry to spoil that for anyone who is uh, yeah. not at that point in the movie yet. I thought that was, you know, as close as this movie got to doing what it wanted to do, I was like, yeah. I could buy this in like a Mel Brooks kind of movie. This just, just this scene. Yeah. And, but I mean, up until then, I remember there's a, uh, the first moment I realized what this movie was trying to do, that it was trying to be kind of Mel Brooks was when yeah. he's bitten by the werewolf and there's someone following him with a violin. Yeah. Which is very young and Frankenstein. I, yeah. Yeah. And I've, and I, I really feel like they really had to work to not have the Romanian woman say the werewolf, their wolf joke from young Frankenstein. <laughs> like yeah. it was just the whole scene is trying to dance around that joke. But like it, the, I didn't also get the, the violin. Like why does the violin keep coming back just sort of randomly, like inconsistently when he's a werewolf? I, and I think it actually is a, a Young Frankenstein bit, isn't it? Like, isn't there a thing in Young Frankenstein with the violin yeah. music? And I think it's just a rip of that. Yeah. I think it's honestly just like trying to homage that and just doing a poor job of it. Just to be like... But they do the, it so many times. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. You, like, Josh, you're saying as though other parts of this movie show restraint. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. And, and then, so Alan Arkin also hears the violin and tips the violin player at one point. Yeah, like gives and him I was a like, buck. That's a cool way to show that Alan Arkin is a vampire or a, a werewolf now, yeah. right? Because he can hear the violin, he can see the violin player. He is now an actual werewolf. But then, no, no, he's he's dead. He has a peanut in his hand. Uh, yeah, a lot of almosts in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of almost. Like, there's a lot of just like. Like it could have just been stuff in this movie for sure, um, but oh man, they shot the you know what you know what there is I got script. another I got another thing that I actually like in this movie, um, and I don't actually like it, <laughs> but I think it's something that we could work from um, because I really enjoy and there's other werewolf movies it's in and in this one it's a it 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 almost does it well. Which again, it's a it's a big almost is the uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi Pat Morita as the silversmith scene where um, I keep trying to say Reggie because like Bill Kirkenbauer reminds me so much of Reggie from Phantasm. Yeah, but um, when when uh, Flynn Jack whatever the fuck that guy's name is um, when he goes into the silversmith and is like trying to like get a silver bullets cast and they just kind of have like a fun like what. In many other movies with other writing, would be a fun, would be funny banter, but in this is just like awkward and like, are they trying to make jokes or not? Um, that I love that scene. I um I you know I and I think um there have been versions of 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 our movie that from I think that's like the only thing that you kept from my draft <laughs> uh, originally. Josh was like the scene where like the, the somebody's trying to get bullets cast, and they have like an interaction with a silversmith. Or, or at least a, I think you kept the joke that I had in, in the dialogue from that. Um, I kept the joke. That scene is gone, but there is still a scene where they're scrambling to gain, to gather up their silver. That yeah. still exists in there. Yeah. But there's like, yeah, like there's a joke. Um, yeah. There's, there's, there's like that kind of thing, like that interaction of just somebody just very dryly being like, yeah, this is my business. Like I'll deal with the, I'll deal with what we need. Right. Like 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I, I do enjoy that. Um, but again, I think this movie just did it badly. Like it almost was good and it wasn't. And you had Pat Morita, Mr. Miyagi, he's great in everything. Uh not in this. I will say that when that scene started, I said I was like, oh God, no, don't bring in an Asian character because I've seen what you've done with with your gay <laughs> characters, with black characters. I thought this was just gonna be insane they showed a little restraint with this and maybe it was just because they had some reverence for the actor <laughs> but i was yeah. like and okay, the bar was just generally so low yeah jaws still in not on the floor so that was that's a bit of a win good job full moon high <laughs> i think that might be the first time anybody's ever said good job full moon high <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not saying that should again. be the title of this episode i guess yeah good job full moon high <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think that's kind of it for my notes. Like the I, I've got a, the only other thing that I think we haven't talked about. Um, no, like that's yeah, I've gone through all of these things. I asked why wolves sound like cats. Um, I mentioned the nuanced time lapse um, where it just shows a bunch of clocks and then pictures of presidents being like treat treated with like varying degrees of respect as well like they break the nixon picture they just like have jimmy carter's like on its side and just like pop it off the wall um there's that whole thing um and then the other thing is that just gerald have, like, ford falling off the wall i was like okay that's pretty good and then they end on shirley chisholm and i was like okay in any other movie i feel like that would have been kind of like a yeah but in this one i'm like it's ooh. like i yeah. don't think like, you're making the joke for the reason i want you to be making the joke yeah like they're like the joke they're making is that like Shirley Chisholm is, is who follows um, who follows Jimmy Carter and like but and but it just feels like and it's so weird because like so much of this movie has like that Cold War um, Americana thing about it um, and like just trying to do the whole good old days kind of kind of thing and it's just it's very weird that way and so that really felt more um, backhanded than anything else, I think. Um, but the only other two notes that I have that I haven't really brought up um, are that the Jack and Jane family dynamic is not cool. Um, like, she is so contentious, openly contentious of her husband. Um, they are both so openly contentious of their son. Um, there's just a whole... Then they, like, try to have sex on the couch, and he comes in and makes a joke and runs away, and they throw things at him. It's it's all very weird, and... and um, She's just really into the idea of cheating on her husband. And it's like the whole thing is just very strange. And I just like it's one of those. It just makes you uncomfortable more than anything else kind of moments. I like I'm remembering that scene now and I feel nauseous in the way that when you remember a dream while you're really sick. Yeah. You know, those those dreams and like they're almost reality, but they're just too weird to because they go from like. She's saying, oh, I can't wait to go sleep with this kid who looks like Tony, who I know is Tony. Yeah. And then he just growls and tackles her onto the couch, and then they're enthusiastically about to have sex. And then the sun, and, and, and their outfits and the weird, the set design in all of the houses is and also, so crazy. And also, like, isn't that shot basically a one -er? Like, I feel like that yeah. entire scene is shot in a wide master. And, like, it never cuts in on anything ever. Uh, that whole thing just plays out as a weird, like, high-angle, diagonally shot master where everybody just runs in and out of frame. Like, it just feels very... That whole thing is super weird. Um, 
Yeah. It just, and, but yeah, like, and there, he's constantly making cracks at his son for eating in the living room. And then the son comes in and makes a joke about having sex on the couch. And it's just like, what is this? I think I'm actually thinking back now. I think every scene with the sheriff in it makes me feel sick. There's something about him that like warps my idea of reality. <laughs> it's so weird. He when he's in the school and they're watching the film, the BDSM film. Oh yeah, the like he's the... like I'm gonna tell the world that I am a werewolf so that I will go to jail and they'll stop me from biting any more butts. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to bite any more butts. So I'm going to film it. And he's sitting there watching it and he's smiling and he's like, wow, this is, this is cool. Whoa, what a film. Look at this. Yeah. This looks like a porno is like saying all those things. And then In he a has high the school. line yeah. when he's taking him out. I wrote this down. I don't know why, but he, he's taking him out. He puts him in handcuffs. He's like, yeah, good idea. Put my hands behind my back. Don't trust me. I can't do anything. And it's like, all right, I got to get this guy out of here. I have to take him in before everyone gets sick and barfs. And then I get sick and barf is what he says while he's taking him out. Yeah. And I, th there's something, I don't know what it is about this man, but I like, I'm, I, I have to lie down after this. Like I feel nauseous. Yeah. There's also right after that too, is the thing where like all the dudes in class suddenly start paying attention to Ricky after they see her in this video and then she gets really excited about that and asks for a copy of the of the reel. That's super strange to me. Like the way that whole thing goes, it's just like it's that 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 is very very odd. But um, the other thing I had a note about, and this is this is the uh, I already mentioned the mat the mash effect of like the the weird hairstyles um, and how seventies and eighties haircuts not being done makes you kind of because like for years. And the reason I call it the mash effect is that I always thought mash took place in Vietnam when I was a kid. Because they looked like people in the 70s. So I assumed that it took place in the 70s. And then someone eventually, like, I eventually realized it was Korea and it was supposed to be the 50s. And I'm like, well, why is all their hair shaggy? They are in the army in the 50s. Like, those are both reasons to have very, like, you know, high and tight crew cuts. Like, um, yeah. and but it always just kind of throws off my interpretation of time when I'm watching a movie. But I noticed, like, it's always a thing throughout movies in the, in the 70s. Is that hair is always longer than you're led to believe it was in the 50s. It's just strange. Whatever reason, they don't want to give anybody a haircut. It's weird. But um, there's also the Jack Tripper effect um, that takes place in this movie, too, where you have a guy who, at every turn, seems to be avoiding sexual encounters with beautiful women, but is still basically talking as though he's, like, very very horny and in desperate need of, of, of having a sexual release. So it's like... You know, he's he's avoiding the uh, his high school girlfriend who he talks about, con like, they talk about having sex a lot, but whenever you see them interacting, he's trying to avoid her. And then he's with Ricky, and they're, like, literally, like, in the woods and stuff, and she's asking him how long it's been, and he can, like, tell you to the minute how long it's been since he's had sex, but he's been avoiding sex at all costs. And it's like just a weird thing to me. It's like a weird trope in a lot of stuff, but it always reminds me of Jack Tripper who was like a total horn dog throughout all of Three's company. But like when uh that like really attractive lady upstairs was trying to get with him all the time, he's like, "No, stay away from me, beautiful woman who wants to sleep with me. Let me like it's just the weirdest thing to me." And it's just this really weird effect and trope in a lot of movies, especially like in the 80s where they're trying to like I don't yeah, I don't know, like it was some like weird like morality paradox of like you know they want to try to make it as though like 
I, I don't like, I honestly just don't know what it is. Like, I just can't tell well, you. It I'll, makes I'll, no sense to me. Jack had to maintain, because like, Jack was trying to pretend to be gay through Three's company because, yeah. like, he was trying to, otherwise, Mr. Roper would kick him out of the apartment. Yeah. This guy was just, I mean, this, uh, that was kind of like a passable excuse, or like, that's, that's what it is in the story. This guy, there was no reason for him, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to be forgiving, like, but like, I nothing, there was no reason for anything in this. It's just a bunch of. <laughs> But just scenes of some of the characters enough. held throughout. It's important enough to them that they put it in the log line. Yeah. Like in the log line of the movie, it says during this time, he is avoiding sexual advances from his girlfriend because it's his time of the month. And yeah. He, like they love that joke so much, which they make like at the beginning under the bleachers. Yeah. Extremely quickly, right before an insanely abrupt cut. Yeah. Uh, but they like that joke enough that they put it in the log line. And that's the only thing that they're like, no, we are holding true to this the entire movie. He does not want to have sex. He is not horny like the wolf. Yeah. And the other thing <laughs> about that is that like. <laughs> The horny like the wolf thing is going to kill me every week. Um, the, the other thing about that is like it's called Full Moon High. Um, they do so many like full moon things. But at the same time, like it never shows you the downtime. According to this movie, there is a full moon 364 nights a year. Yeah. Like, it ne- like you know, they make the time of the month joke, but that time of the month is 30 days a month. It's like it's just – Again, like, you know, the problem with this movie really comes down to a lot of things uh, involving restraint. And, <laughs> you know, there's just, overall, there's just, oh, it's, they they just they just can't really hold back in any way. So, like, even the downtime of, like, in the 21 years, 3 months, and 14 days he's been wandering since he last had sex with Jane, apparently. Um, and I also don't know why I remember that exactly, but that's what it was. Um, but in that time that he's been, like, wandering around, like, there's never downtime. Like, he's always just a wolf. Uh, he's always just turning into a wolf and biting people on the ass. Like, it's just... And I guess bums are funny is what their whole their whole takeaway there is like, oh, we will have them like bite people on the bums. That's a good joke. Bums are funny. I'll give oh, them that. Yeah. Bums are very funny. Uh, they are a funny part of the body. Um, it's where but, the poop comes out. Uh, was I bet? Ah, right. <laughs> it's where the poop comes out. I forgot about the poop. In our first episode, I said <laughs> that I like, I'm surprised that there aren't a lot more werewolf movies because we kind of all know exactly what werewolves do. And I think werewolves movies work the best when they kind of just let the werewolves do their thing. Like you don't need to set up why all this is happening. It's like, I can get why a werewolf is a werewolf, but in this one, they color outside the lines way too much because the werewolf is always a werewolf and he bites people or sorry, he becomes a werewolf because he was bitten by a werewolf, but then he bites other people on the bum, but that doesn't make them werewolves. And it's just, you're setting up, you're making too many rules. Just, just, Stop, calm down simplify and like yeah just making, let him be a werewolf and making too many amendments to those rules too as you're going through the movie and it's just yeah it's yeah and i mean like i also um and, and i know this from another thing me and mike have, have been working on another another project that involves um supernatural creatures and how they age like there i don't know that just like oh werewolves don't age is a thing that you need in this like, you know, I get it's, like, what they were trying to tell the movie. Like, you know, this movie needs it because it's the whole premise is that the guy from the 50s is now a, a teen wolf in the in the 80s. But, like, I, I don't Like, I think there's a better way to do that for sure. I think, I mean, there's better ways to do most things in this movie. But, um, 
you know, I even like the idea that it's not like they have, haven't aged at all. It's that they've aged less because during the time that of the time of the month where they're like in like where they're a, a wolf or are closer to being a wolf that it has an effect on like metabolism and stuff. Like I like I like those kinds of tweaks is the idea that that the like kind of the idea of like the science behind supernatural magic and like ways to kind of justify certain things. Like I like those approaches and stuff. So like, yeah. But at the same time, this movie just needed him to to not age for twenty odd years while everybody around him changed, um, and then he changes, and it's like, a, yeah. The the director uh, Larry Cohen tried to make a very deep um, statement about this movie uh, one time. He was asked about what the movie was about, or, or I don't know something. Who knows? Um, I don't know what he was actually like talked about. But director Larry Cohen has said of this movie, it's more than a comedy. It has some interesting ideas about how Amer- how life in America has changed sexually and politically since the early 60s. All of Arkin's friends have changed, but he hasn't. And whereas he changes into a werewolf all the time, his friends change into middle-aged people while he's gone with different values and different ideas. They change as much as he does, actually. And so, like, that's a theme that the director thought this movie was exploring. <laughs> They change as much as he does is is true because none of them change at all. Yeah. Nobody changes. They look different a little bit. They have different hair. When she goes out to dinner with him that night, she even puts her hair back to the way it was. Yeah. Like in those weird pigtails and stuff. Yeah. Their values have changed. They have not. They have not. They have not at all. No. They're they're all... All all anybody cares about is the big game. Yeah. Um... All they care about is the big game and fucking Tony. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and, and like what's weird too, like he, he shows up and like everybody just kind of like stops when this guy shows up and I'm like, Adam Arkin's good looking dude. He's not that good looking. Um, he's not stop everybody in their tracks. Like who's this? Um, <laughs> but uh, it's also the thing of like when he's in the, the classroom, they're getting ready to show the sex ed tape. And he, or, 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 yeah, like the tape, and, and he brings in the film canister of, of the of the change and stuff. Um, and everybody's like, hey, Tony's here. What's up, Tony? Good to see you, Tony. Like, everybody's making that. And it's just kind of like, why is he suddenly, like, the most popular guy in school and all these things? Like, it's very, it's very strange. I think I don't really have that much more to say about this movie, and we should just get to the checklist and get this over with. <laughs> Yeah, do the poem. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm going to jump to the checklist first. The checklist is the is this guy the protagonist or antagonist of the movie? Uh, of the movie? Actually, no, I'm, I'm just going to go to the poem because like that's all that's all this movie needs is even a man, man, yeah, sure, uh, who is pure of heart. Are they a good person? I don't think that he's necessarily that great. Like he's not no. he's not a bad guy, but there is nothing outstanding about this person's character. I will say that after he's become, I guess he's supposed to be at least 37. And when he's 37 and he comes back and definitely has sex with a high school student, then I'm going to say, no, not yeah. <laughs> pure of heart in the least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no. Uh, it says his prayers by night. Is there religious subtext? There's not religious subtext, but there's weird like American, the, the, the religion of America. Uh, kind of stuff yeah. for sure. Uh, may become a wolf. Yes, there's a physical transformation into a wolf. Uh, when wolf bane, when the wolf bane blooms, uh, folklore isn't in, integrate is integrated. I should say it's uh you know there's the the gypsy thing. There's um he's bitten. It's like you know they they obviously are playing up the whole he's in Transylvania Romania thing and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the moon yeah. is full and bright. 
yes, the full moon has effect on this movie. Um, it's called Full Moon High. The moon is always full. Um, that is the takeaway <laughs> of this movie. So that's that's how it fits into our poem here. Um, yeah, this this movie is is not ideal. Um, <laughs> it's good in the sense that I was at. You guys asked me specifically for a movie that was not as good as Wolf, and uh, was was made in a different time period, and so. It wasn't like a contemporary to Wolf. It was from a different era of filmmaking and things were slightly different. It also checks that box. So I think I did exactly what you guys asked for by providing Full Moon High as yeah. episode two of our podcast. Yeah, you <laughs> have proven true. yourself to be a true monkey's paw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you get a free Frogert. Um, <laughs> the Frogert is also cursed. Uh <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you guys have about Full Moon High from 1981? No, it's not even so bad that it becomes funny to watch again. It doesn't even have that kind of quality. It was just a slog to get through. That was it was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. I <laughs> I feel like as much as it's great the way Alan Arkin shows up in the third act, I feel like I could watch from the point he shows up again. Like, I could I could watch his performance in this movie again just because it is so just bonkers and he's just, like, helping out the we'll let your son be in this movie if you show up for the third act kind of vibe that I got from this. His other kid is in it, too. His other son, um, who's, like, the younger brother of Adam Arkin, Anthony Arkin, I believe his name is, is actually the kid who at the end is just like, I hate psychiatrists. I'm never going back. And, like, he says something like that when uh, at the end of the movie. That's the other Arkin, Arkin son. So all the Arkins are it's – it's a big family affair for the Arkins. Um, all world's greatest dad's mugs need to be amended so that it says world's greatest dad and then underneath, like, next to Adam, Alan Arkin. Yes. Yeah. What, <laughs> what a sacrifice that yeah, man made. What, way to take a bullet for, for, for the family on this one. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't have anything else to say about Full Moon High. I can't. I don't. I don't ever want to have anything else to say about. I never like. I don't really want to give this movie any more real estate in my head. No, the living. I'm kind of surprised people. you're still wearing the shirt. Well, it's, it's still <laughs> a good shirt. Um. Uh. On that, I guess we'll we'll take off. Is there anything else uh, outside of Full Moon High you guys want to add? Anything going on that uh, people need to know about or anything like that? Uh, yeah, you can always check out uh, the D&D podcast that I'm working on, Wonders and Blunders, uh, on any you know podcast app that you're looking for. We're just finishing up season one within the next few episodes. So if you're into that nerd crap, come check us out. All right. And Josh, anything from you? I don't have anything this week, but I have something a couple. I keep kicking it down the can because I don't know when I can say anything. But soon I'll have something to say. Actually, and I so. like that I have a little Chiron underneath. I, I don't know if that's my Instagram or my Twitter. I'll, I'll have to follow me to see what that is. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's your Twitter because uh, I think it's Joshua oh, cool. on Twitter and Josh on Instagram, I think is the way it goes. But um, And that's the same thing. Okay. I have Mike's Twitter. So they're all the Twitter ones. Mine's the same across the way. Um, but, yeah, uh, I got a couple things. I got a movie. Um, I'm getting ready to shoot, and there's some stuff coming for that, so keep an eye out. Um, there may or may not be a store uh, that comes out of that, which will be Ooh. fun, and we'll be selling uh, some T-shirts and, and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff with some really great The merch artwork. looks really good, I'll say. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you, you probably only saw a hat so far. Our producer has a hat. Um, my hat yep. is due like tomorrow, uh, is supposed to be delivered. And then like, there's a bunch of really great artwork that Tara Fleming did, uh, for the movie. It's called that Halloween. And so, um, we go to camera in a couple months and, um, yeah, Tara did some fantastic artwork for it. And we're going to put that artwork on a bunch of stuff, um, and sell it so people can hopefully buy it. And then that just kind of helps our financial structure of the movie and helps <laughs> us do some f uh, more fun things. And it just seems like a better way to do it than like a Kickstarter or something It just, um, for, cause Kickstarters for short films don't really accomplish anything. Um, but so yeah, one so of that's... these episodes, you're going to turn it on on the, on, uh, and if you look at the YouTube video, all of us are just going to be decked out in like that Halloween merch, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and it, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's just fun. Yeah. You can follow that Halloween on, uh, it's on Instagram. We just set up a new Instagram, uh, where, and that's where you're going to start seeing some of the clothes stuff pop up. Probably, uh, we have a Twitter for it, but we haven't, it's also at that Halloween, but, uh, it was a Twitter account that was set up for it years ago and nothing's really happened on it since there hasn't been a lot of movement, but, um, cast and crew announcements and all that stuff is going to start dropping very soon as we kind of ramp into production on this thing. So, um, there's lots on that front coming out. And of course, Terra Nova where lunacy, uh, Josh's, uh, story, uh, based on part, a scene in the book, uh, a scene in the movie, sorry. Um, is is available uh from engine books you can find it on like amazon a couple spots around town a whole bunch of things like that so keep an eye out for terror nova and uh i wrote a bunch of that book too so <laughs> that it's uh uh there's a bunch of stuff there but that's the stuff for me uh otherwise guys we'll be back i guess next week we'll pick a movie we'll announce it on twitter uh and facebook and stuff and uh you can watch it if you want to in this case we don't recommend it um and uh otherwise it is, it is free on youtube if you if you want to watch it but don't don't do it <laughs> yeah like if you're on youtube watching this or just like using a podcast app but like yeah that's on youtube you can type it in and find it and um don't though like it's, don't yeah yeah, that's that's the that's the thing we're saying. Uh, but until next time, guys, thanks so much for uh, checking us out. We've been that lo that's lunacy, and we'll be back next week with another werewolf movie to talk about. Bye, bye. Arr.